Veronica with a K here again to give you a weekly dose of cultural exposure we all so desperately need these days. As you can infer from the title, I'm Veronica, spelled with a K, and I'm an international student at Washington Lee University in the U.S. from Russia, and now I'm doing a study abroad program at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. The show is dedicated to international students and their spectacular stories from all over the world, and I'm extremely grateful for an opportunity to not only hear those stories, but also share them with the world. To my fellow students, I know it is that time of the semester when you're stressing out about last assignments and future exams, but I'm sure you've got this. And it's always important to take breaks and give yourself some space and time, so for the next hour, put all of your worries away as we're going to dive into the story of Rina Anchina, who went to an international student in Japan and now studies here at St. Andrews. It is such a pleasure to have you here today, Rina. Thank you so much for coming. Can you please introduce yourself? It's really nice to be here as well. Um... Uh, I live in Japan, as you have mentioned. I went to school there, but um, I'm half Korean and half Russian, so um becomes a little complicated when people <laughs> ask me to um, introduce myself and ask the basic questions like, where are you from? I usually go, uh, are you asking where I'm living? Or like, are you asking about my cultural background? But um, yeah. Uh, I'm a first year in St. Andrews, and I am currently studying um, art history as a, I guess, main degree mm-hmm. with a module in modern history and social anthropology. So Awesome. Yeah. I totally understand when like people are asking you, it's like, we, 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 can you like elaborate on your question yeah. a little? <laughs> because usually when I say, oh, I'm from Japan, um, I can see it in their eyes. They're like, mm, you don't look quite Japanese, <laughs> not to, like, racially stereotype you or yeah. anything, but, yeah. So, um, it becomes a little complicated, but, you know, you you get the habit of just being like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. That's what makes you unique, you know? So, oh, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and you have such a cool opportunity to, like, elaborate on your life story every single time someone asks you, yeah. like, yeah, well, I live there, but I'm <laughs> from there. I, th- I think it's just such a cool, like, conversation starter, and in general, like, it's it's an interesting topic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When you have many flags of different countries yeah. in your Instagram bio, <laughs> are they all coming from there or like, because I, f- I forgot how many exactly you have, but I just saw that you have a lot. Yeah. So on my, <laughs> I'm exposing myself, um, <laughs> on my Instagram, I have a Russian flag, a Korean flag, um, a Japanese flag, and then a Scottish flag. So oh, I do okay. it by like... Either where I'm from, like um, what my ethnicity is, I guess, and then where I'm currently living kind of thing. So just depends. I'm just collecting them, you know? Yeah, yeah, as you should. No, it looks so cool. I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, okay, that's impressive. We love that. <laughs> yeah, and um, now that we cleared the story behind the flags, like, let's focus on your primary locations. You live in Japan, you study in Scotland, but um, how did your family react to like you being all over the place? Because it sounds like the global aspect has been present in your life for a long time. Yeah. But like, what were their reactions? I personally have never really thought about it as mm-hmm. such a major part of myself until, I guess, I went to an international school. Um, I grew up in many different places, and my parents... I think tried really hard to just not make this a night like uh being an international student is of course a part of my identity but it's not exact the biggest part of who I mm-hmm. am I guess so growing up I it was so natural to me um I didn't really 
think of it as an extension of myself. It's mm-hmm. it was just a part of me that always existed and um you know, I grew up speaking multiple languages at home, you know, um speaking a different language outside of home. So for me, it felt all very normal. Mm-hmm. Like it's mundane. So Yeah, no, totally fair. What about like when you encounter people who like because most people don't have similar experiences? Do you mm-hmm. remember like a moment when you realized, "Oh, my life, like my lifestyle that became so normal to me is actually like outstanding to so many like regular people?" Well, um I guess growing up, I I don't know how like if you want the whole my whole life story, we can be here forever, <laughs> but so I Like I was born in Japan, lived there for a few years, li- lived in Russia for a bit, and then I was living in Korea for five and a half years. Wow. And I think when I started living in Korea is when I first realized the differences because that was the time where I started going to elementary school. So I started to have a bigger social circle than mm-hmm. just my mm-hmm. family. So when I was with my family, like it was just normal yeah. and like. I didn't really see anything that was like different about me. But as I started to go into school and things like that, um I realized that people were quick to pick up on my differences rather than my sim- similarities to other people. Yeah. So, yeah, um uh especially growing up in Korea, uh people like to kind of uh romanticize or glamorize looking uh European almost mm-hmm. yeah so uh <laughs> i guess like what a lot of people don't understand this here at least but i guess when i go to asia i am quite white passing as they mm-hmm. would say so um i got complimented a lot about my external appearance because yeah. i looked very european and so people were like oh my god rena like you have such fair skin and like you have such big eyes and like and things like that and that's when i first realized i guess that I was very different from other people. Like I guess people made me feel very different when um I felt like I was more Korean actually than Russian, but um depending on the country that I went to, people will view me as the opposite nationality almost. So like when I lived in Russia, people thought I was very Korean and then when I went to Korea, people thought I was very Russian. So Um when you live in a country where there isn't much racial diversity mm-hmm. especially yeah. um people are very quick to pick up on those uh I guess differences like physical appearance wise so that's the first time where I felt like oh okay so I might be a little different oh yeah and like they always try to put you in like a like, in a box yeah. like and assign you a label in like whichever country you go yeah, to yeah and it's like yes it is nice to have some like that people are like curious and like wanting to ask questions about your family and your background but it quickly gets very tiring mm-hmm. to have to explain them my whole life story in order for them to understand what I am basically yeah and so um when i was 11 i moved back to japan and my parents i guess my parents always thought it would be a good idea to put me in an international school because there are a lot of kids that are like me but it was only when i went to international school in Japan that I was like oh my god I like I don't stand out you know mm-hmm. like I was able to blend in with a lot of kids who had very similar uh, experiences with me like a lot of kids are half I guess half Asian half European mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so for me that was kind of like a relief almost because I didn't have to go up to a person and like explain myself every single yeah. time 
Yeah. Yeah. And feel like you owe them, like, tell, telling yeah, like, telling your whole story. Like, when I tell them, yeah, when I used to be like, oh, yeah, I'm Korean, people kind of expected more from that. They mm-hmm. expected me to elaborate on my, like, answer. And when I went to an international school, it was almost like, I mean, they, of course, they cared. They were curious, but it's not that big of a deal. If I was like, oh, yeah, I'm half Korean, half Russian, they're like, cool. Yeah. You know, like, it's not it's not that big of a deal. Period. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I can, like, I can only imagine, because even here, like, being an international student, everyone, like, asks me, like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I, like, I go to school in the U.S. Yeah. And then they're just, like, waiting for me to elaborate uh-huh. on, like, where my accent is coming from or where my yeah. appearances come from. And I'm like... It's, it's really weird, because I feel like I, like, coming here, I heard statistically statistically we have like 45 percent international students but it almost doesn't feel like that because people it it feels like I'm going back to my childhood where Mm -hmm. I had to like explain myself every single time I meet someone you know and of course it's nice people are curious about you and things like that but um I just didn't expect that much uh, Mm -hmm. I guess that much um of people wanting to know, like, about my background. Like, yeah. I thought, you know, maybe I just got way too comfortable in my school or um, it was just reverting back to, like, having to explain myself again yeah. and stuff like that. So Yeah. And, like, for St. Andrews, that positions itself is, like, very international place. It's a very, like, Yeah, it's quite curious. Mm-hmm. It's very peculiar because I would think that people would be wouldn't really care as much, mm-hmm. almost. I mean, it, it is um, great to celebrate your nationality, where you're from, and things like that. But, you know, knowing that a lot of people here are international students, you know, it's interesting to see the different reactions that you get depending on the location you're in. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and speaking of location, so Scottish culture is quite different from, like, Japanese culture, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, what are some primary differences that you noticed during your um, time here? Uh, I would say um, I've never been to Scotland before. Okay. Yeah, so I've been to the UK once in my life. Oh, we're in UK. Um, I was in London and then Ooh. in Cambridge. Uh, I went to a summer school in uh Cambridge so oh, that's so cool yeah so I went through like an art school it, like a program and but I when I first thought of um applying to Scotland I didn't actually expect the culture to be so different even from England yeah um I would say the major difference is definitely just um People are just very different when they behave, I feel as... Oh, like, in what way? Um, Japan is a very rigid society, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that could be a good thing and a bad thing because it is, it is also a very collective society. So we kind of have... Uh, we kind of work together, but also uh, we like to keep to ourselves. At least Japanese people do. Yeah, And living there for almost 13 years, I realized that... Um, People like to follow the rules, and they're very um, polite. Not saying that Scottish people are not polite. It's just uh, people are much likely to do something that is right for the whole society. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that is because societal norms and things like that. But also, 
I feel like Scotland is much more free when it comes to self-expression or just doing whatever you want. And that might just be because it's a very Western country. But um, for me, it was really nice to see because um, there aren't a lot of people who are outside of the mold, I guess, in Japan. Mm-hmm. And so coming here, seeing everyone just be who they are and mm, expressing themselves in any form they want. It's just nice to see that it wasn't much of a culture shock. It was much more of just like, oh, yeah, like, I feel like this is something that Japan could have a bit more of the kind of thing. Yeah. And also, like, the streets are much cleaner in Japan. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and transportation, let's be honest. Japan is amazing. So in that aspect, so... Yeah, that was the only thing. I mean, coming here was a nightmare. I <laughs> I flew alone, so yeah, and you have to like figure all the way that. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult, but people here are much more um keen on uh intervening and helping you out. Mm, mm-hmm. Which I because in Japan, I guess when something happens, you feel like you don't really have anyone to turn to in public, but I feel like in Scotland actually, I could go and tap on someone's shoulder, like a stranger's shoulder, and be like, hey, I need help. And they are very quick to be like, oh, this is how you do it. Like, coming here, like, people are helping me get all my luggage onto a train. Like, this one lady even paid for my bus ticket because I couldn't figure out how to, like, get the car to work. Yeah, that's so so nice. um, Yeah, that's, like, one really major difference that I've noticed, so. Yeah, no, both, um, both of the things that you highlighted, they really sound like Scottish. I've never been to Japan, but like I I can see what like based uh-huh. on what you're talking about it. Yeah. And as for transportation, oh my god, it is such a nightmare. I was trying to plan my trip to London for the break. Oh my god. And it I like I had to go through a million of websites uh-huh. just to make sure like you know the bus, the train, the train and the bus. Yeah. <laughs> flying. Yeah, so yeah, and I read a lot about like transportation in Japan because mm-hmm. it's so developed in comparison to a lot of places. Yeah, I guess so. And I I don't think you truly appreciate it until you like you come to other places and you're just like, "Oh my god, like maybe like I have been taking this for granted." It's so like quick, so efficient, you know. Yeah. It's nice in general. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of reverse the <laughs> to kind of reverse the question, what is like a big misconception that people have about Japan and Japanese culture? Okay, so a lot of people like to mm, I guess revert revert I guess represent Japan through its main like cultural things. Mm-hmm. Um I guess you know, the most famous things like anime, sushi, like things like that. And um, I don't know, like living in Japan, you notice these things that people like outside of Japan talk about, but it's not as like big of a deal as people think it is. And Mm, I mm -hmm. guess people like to just um, highlight some of the elements of Japan and romanticize it so much. Like as... It goes for any other country, you know, but, um, you know, it's like, uh, I think there's something called like the Paris syndrome where it's mm-hmm. like people go to Paris, like actually Japanese tourists, when they go to like Paris, they get so upset that it's not as like glamorous or like things oh, like that, yeah. that they get depressed. Like that's an actual condition. 
Interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird, but um, I don't know. I feel like Jap- people have such like a fantasy, almost like an expectation mm-hmm. about Japan, and I'm like, uh, well, yeah, it is nice, but I wouldn't say like maybe I haven't experienced the things that people talk about. They're like, oh my god, Rina, like that must be so nice. You can eat sushi all like every <laughs> single day, like, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's nice, but you know. Yeah, and people like choose those defining characteristics, and they just. Yeah, like amplify them, and then yeah. when it, when something doesn't live up to their expectations, they be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." It it is a bit. I did not know there was like a syndrome for it. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> I can see where it's coming from for sure, though. Yeah, and um, culturally speaking, right? So, what about the food? So, food here in Scotland. Do you miss the? Like, do you miss Japanese food or um, like have you tried anything okay. Scottish? Scottish. No offense to Scotland or the UK, <laughs> but I'll be honest. Um, maybe it's just St Andrews that doesn't have a lot of different foods, but I really do miss authentic, I guess, cuisines. Mm-hmm. I am very like I love spicy food, and everything here is oh, yeah. very bland. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. Um, for me, it's almost like. I miss some of the food. I mean, I try to like, I guess, emulate mm-hmm. the food that I ate at home. But um, so my number one, like my favorite cuisine is Korean. I okay. love Korean food, um, like kimchi, everything, because it's spicy again. Yeah. And um, I grew up eating a lot of Russian food, which is very difficult to. Source out here, like oh yeah, my grandma sends me like grishka. Oh, that's <laughs> so nice. <laughs> Once in a while, like um, I love that for you. I know, but um, especially Japanese food as well. Like what I've noticed is that Europe loves Japanese food, like yo sushi, like mm, everything. Mm-hmm. Like they wagamamas even. Like people love Japanese food, and I've tried it a few times, but it doesn't really live up to like. What I grew up yeah, eating, yeah, the authentic so, one, yeah. of course. So that's one thing, I guess. Um, I didn't really expect much coming here. I knew that it was a, it was gonna be very difficult for me to find like authentic cuisines. Yeah. So, and it is such a small town. Like, yeah, I think like, there are only a couple places, right? Yeah, like I didn't, I really did not have a huge expectation to find so much like diverse cuisines, but. There are a few places here that I would say is quite good, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. And I mean, if you don't have very high expectations, you cannot really be like, disappointed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And well, we talked about like the challenging part of being an international student here, but what is the best part about it for you personally? It feels very similar to the community I had back in back in my school, which okay. I really like because.、Um, I really like to immerse myself and I guess surround myself with a lot of different cultures.、Um, I find that almost comforting、mm-hmm. because、um, I feel like when your friend group is so diverse, your almost your nationality or your culture doesn't become the biggest factor、mm-hmm. of your friendship. Like I didn't really want to. Come here and be in like a small group of people and talk to a small group of friends. But I have friends from all over the world, and we are friends because we share like our interests, our passions, and what we're interested in. And I、yeah. find that so much more fulfilling in a friend 
relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Like I guess um, also because this university is so small, it also feels very similar to my school. Mm-hmm. And um, I just know everyone, which is which can be quite embarrassing at times, but. <laughs> You know, um, ups and downs. Ups you know? and downs, yeah, yeah. But I, I love it. Like I love learning about other people's cultures, um, learning about their different um, customs, rituals, everything. Um, I, I love comparing each other's cultures. What we find similar, mm-hmm. how maybe we our cultures had different interactions with each other, and it's just nice. Like, absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm hosting the whole show about it, so I can totally relate to what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. And um, to kind of, like, change the topic, have you had a chance, like, you're a first year, and you said that you went to London and Cambridge, but um, what about traveling in the UK? Did you have much chance of travel around during your, like, college years? Um, I would say traveling, wait, traveling inside Yeah, UK? like, in, in the UK. Yeah, yeah okay. In your favorite places. Um, during reading week, I got to go to uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh. Oh, that's so cool. Um, two very distinct con- uh, cities, I would say. They're very mm-hmm. different from each other, but they both have each other's charm, I would say. Um, Edinburgh is much more, I guess, old school, very um, gothic, mm-hmm. a lot of... Um, old-fashioned buildings, very cultural and things like that. And then Glasgow is much more, I guess, I guess like, modernized. Um, but Glasgow is, I guess, like, the music center of mm, mm-hmm. Scotland, yeah. from what I've heard. And, you know, I've been to music venues in Glasgow. Oh, nice. Amazing. Yeah. So, Who did you see live? Japanese Breakfast. Okay. Um, yeah, amazing show. Um, also amazing people and amazing just I I really liked it because Glasgow is also very one of the most diverse cities in mm-hmm. uh Scotland. So I actually got to eat Korean food there. Oh cool. Yeah, so yeah. I was very happy about that. And then I got to go to an Asian supermarket and be like, Oh my god. Nice. I can I can get procure some condiments, I would say. Yes. And oh, the cultural shops yeah, always I love it so, well. so much. Love it. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very different, two very different types of cities, mm-hmm. but they have their um, own charms. I feel like. Um, besides that, I haven't really been much uh, places inside Scotland or UK. I mean, I've been to Dundee a few times, mm-hmm. but I haven't really spent a lot of time there. So fair. Yeah. I mean, you have so so much time ahead of you. Yeah, three yeah. more years. So yeah, three you, more years you you'll get to travel plenty. I'm sure. Uh-huh. I have not really been to Glasgow only uh-huh. for a couple of hours. Yeah, but it sounds so exciting. Yeah, I mean, Glasgow is very busy and like, um, <clears throat> I would say feels like it can feel quite overwhelming at times because there's so much going on all yeah. at once. But um, I would suggest like just go with your friend. It's so fun when you have like a local. Yeah. With you, like, I went with my friend who uh, lives in Glasgow as well. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. yeah. Then you got to see all, all the best <laughs> yeah. parts. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your personal cultural experiences. And before we move on to more academic and social life related things, let's take a quick break for a song. And we're going to be back shortly.
Welcome back to Veronica with a K, a show about international students and their stories. Rina, an international student from Japan at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland, is in the studio. And if you're just joining us, now we're diving into academics and social life aspects of being an international student. So there is a lot to cover here. And let's go into like more chronological order. Right. So you did the International Baccalaureate Program, which mm-hmm. is known as IB in Japan, right? Yes. So how would you explain this program to someone who hasn't heard of it? Um, so International Baccalaureate is, uh, I guess, a, like an international system in which um, it is a worldwide uh, academic system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, a lot of what you're studying is what people around the world are also studying. So um, we kind of did the same exams, but also um, there there are like regional differences. So for example, I did um, history. So mm, then mm-hmm. I got to learn Japanese history. But if you were from India, for example, you would learn a little bit about um, history in India. But mm, mm-hmm. basically, you study six subjects. Okay. And it is uh, three, hi- uh, I guess, higher level. Mm-hmm. And then three standard level. So higher would be um, a bit more information, a bit more work that you do, and then Mm -hmm. a few more exams than, for example, standard level. And um, if um, you're curious what I studied, I studied um, HL uh, literature, Mm -hmm. modern history, and visual arts. So those were my, like, difficult subjects, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then for standard level, I studied environmental systems and oh. societies, which is, I guess, um, people I, people who take those subjects do get made fun of because it's kind oh. of like a, <laughs> a very easy, people see it as a very easy science almost. Oh, I, I hate <laughs> when people put labels, like, oh, like that's a, an easy science. It's like a mix of humanities and environment. It's seeing that's how, cool. um, as how environment like, the relationship we have with the environment as a society. Mm-hmm. So we study a little bit about everything, you know, like, food systems, how we, res- like, the food resources or ecology, like, things like that. Um, I also studied um, math. And mm. mm-hmm. I studied in applications and interpretations. Math applications and oh, interpretations. Okay. So that's, like, the easiest math you could take, I guess. You could say. Um, so it was more less theoretical, more practical math. Mm -hmm. And then I studied studied Japanese. Cool. So those were my three, I guess, SL or standard level uh, subjects. Awesome. And I know, like, I saw that IB programs are different in length. So how long was your program? Was it, like, a high school or was it, like, Right. So um, if you started, if you've gone to international school since middle school, you would do a program called MYP. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I guess, a middle school program that you would do on right before IB. Oh, okay. So I did it since 6th grade to 10th grade. Oh. And so from the age of around 12 to 16, 15, 16, I did MYP. And then you do two years of IB which starts from your last two years of high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's, you, you've been for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how it works. I mean, um, there are a lot of combinations of mm-hmm. IB 
um, systems depending on the country that you're doing it in. So, like, I wouldn't know much about how it works other places, I guess. Mm, yeah. No, totally fair. Mm-hmm. But yeah, interesting. And you're so real for taking that math class because I'm going to take <laughs> art of math thinking next semester. Oh, God. It's like math 100. So, oh, okay. yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to mm-hmm. be great. It's going to fulfill the math requirements. Okay. Yeah. Um, Just... Coming here, um, I guess one of the reasons why I came to the UK was because I did not have to take math. Like, <laughs> so, I'll be honest. So um, I just wanted to study what I wanted to study. So. Yeah. Yeah. And like your um, HR, like harder level classes, yeah. they align with like art history very well. Yeah, so I guess so. It all works out. <laughs> yeah. I chose those topics be- um, because I found them interesting. Very difficult. Um, people, um, I guess, don't really understand how difficult those subjects can be because, you know, People think it's humanities, so it's, like, just reading books. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's People are, like, it was a lot, very stressful. And, um, I mean, I'm not going to, like, drama over-dramatize it. But, like, I would say that IB is a very difficult curriculum to do. Absolutely. I I, I guess a lot of students here who have done IB would agree with me that it was probably one of the most challenging times of their lives. Like... Um, coming here, I almost felt like uni work was at times like easier mm-hmm. because of how much workload that we had during school, you know? Um, absolutely. Yeah. And I heard it from a lot of like other IB students, not on the show, but like uh-huh. some of my friends back in the US did it and they were like, oh yeah, college is nice. It's now not, a lot better, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, fascinating. And I hate in this house, we do not stand people who hate on humanities. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 No hate on humanities. I love humanities. Like, mm-hmm. just no. I love all the sciences, but when other sciences start to um, disregard humanities, it's just like, no, we're yeah. done. We're done. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. And you said it is such a demanding coursework, but in order to get into St. Andrews, you had to have like some extracurricular activities. What did you do and how did you manage to balance it with such demanding coursework? Um, so this is the, we have a bit, a few more requirements in the IB curriculum Mm -hmm. to basically get the diploma. Um, I, we have something called the CAS system, which means, um, you had to do a creative, creative activity and then, uh, just an activity, like a physical activity Mm -hmm. and a service. That's why it's called CAS. Oh. And we had to do that in order to graduate, basically. Interesting. So um, I think it is more catered towards, I guess, students who are planning on applying to America because service and things mm-hmm. like that is obviously very important for applications to yeah. the U.S. Um, I personally was not very much of a extracurricular mm-hmm. person, but I did participate in, for example, yearbook club so oh. I was part of a team who designed uh, I guess covers and things like that but I also didn't really write that much about it in mm-hmm. my personal statement when I was applying here actually um, it was more about I guess my personal studies and my personal um, networking I would say yeah so all, another thing that we had to do was called an extended essay which is oh. a 4,000 word dissertation that you had to write on any subject that you would wanted um to basically 
graduate again. Oh. That was a requirement that we had. Oh, there are a lot of requirements. Yeah. <laughs> so I did it on visual arts. So I um, contacted this historic, I guess, historian, and I did kind of an interview. So that's oh. one of the things that I included in my um, personal statement. Um, I just basically talked to them, and I just wrote about how that um, almost like enlightened me into the world of not just um, the artists that I was studying, but also the, in the world of, uh, I guess, creating and things like that. Um, yeah, fascinating. And it aligns so well with, like, the program that you're applying for at St. Andrews. Yeah. So, uh-huh. Yeah, that, that worked out for, like, art history. Cool. Yeah. Um, what would you say? So we talked about, like, some challenges of the IB. But what, what about, like, um, your favorite aspects of the program? Like, what is, like... What is your favorite thing about IB? Very difficult to say because <laughs> I, would, I think a lot of people would agree, but you come out of IB with more negative things to say. Okay. I'm, I'm so sorry to anyone who is listening, but like, it's okay. But um, authentic, I would, <laughs> authentic. Yes, um, I would say um, most importantly is you don't understand it until you get out of it but you start to appreciate how much workload you had almost mm-hmm. because you like yes are we like procrastinators ib students are by nature procrastinators <laughs> but we <laughs> still learn how to schedule things so much better like yeah. organizing like your study time and things like that even if you have to cram it like you cram it with organization ooh okay like you can do That's it very skill. systematically mm-hmm. so like if I have an essay due the day before I know exactly what to do yeah kind of thing which is I don't I wouldn't recommend people to do that but I'm just saying like um, you come out of IB knowing a lot about you know how you can organize your time well and how to s- just balance your life well I didn't really much have a social life at the time but mm-hmm. here at least um how to balance your social life with your academic life. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, it is such a useful skill because the world is not perfect and your life isn't going to be always perfectly organized. So uh-huh. when you when you have those like deadlines or something that you need to do fast, those skills really yeah. come in really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now let's move on to St. Andrews. Yes. So your first year and I know that you have the best things ahead of you here, which is very exciting. But how is college treating you? Do you find it also academically demanding? Or is it actually, like, as you said, is it less? I um, I mean, I've always dreamed of going to university. That's one thing that mm-hmm. I always wanted to do. It's not something that anyone pushed me to do, but I always just knew that I wanted to pursue higher yeah. education. So for me, I do find the time here uh, really fulfilling because I love learning i love academia and things like that um i do think that um because i'm 100 percent just humanities and arts student Mm -hmm. that it can be quite demanding when it comes to readings and things like that yeah i have a lot of readings to do but besides that i do find the things that i study interesting um sometimes i do like one module more than the other and I kind of wish that I could just study that module but mm-hmm. um I know I have to rec- like fulfill certain requirements and I don't know that's why I I still really like it though um I find the topics interesting like I'm finally studying what I've truly wanted to study for a really long time so 
Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. And absolutely, well, you know, even if you're doing that, of course, there are going to be some modules that you wouldn't want to, like, that you find less exciting than the mm-hmm. others. But as long as you love what you're studying and what you're doing, it's it's amazing. And speaking of coursework, like, how is it structured here for, like, art history? Do you have, like, required modules or do you get to choose all of them? How does that work? Um, so I think first year we do have required modules. Mm-hmm. So I had to take last semester, if I remember correctly, um, arts and beyond one from like 1400s to 1600s. Mm-hmm. And then this semester I had to take um, 1600s to, I think, 1800s. Okay. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the module itself is named, but we do have required, like, modules that we have to take as, like, a background knowledge Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. At least for first year. Um, I think from next year we have a little bit more um, freedom. Yeah. But, yeah. And besides those modules that you mentioned, you got to choose the rest of them? Yes, I did. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and um, just kind of circling back to transition to the university, how has St. Andrews helped you? Did they, like, host events? Were there any, like, university preparation programs? Like, how did that work? Um, I attended a few open days. Mm, like, come, okay. Like, the question is, like, how did I come here, right? Like, what yeah, are some... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I attended a few open days. Um, I... Did attend a fair, like a univer- UK university fair in Tokyo. Oh, that's so cool! I at the time did not. I don't think I went to see St Andrews, like the booth. <laughs> so I did not know about that. Yeah. But um, I kind of started to learn about St Andrews when I started thinking about actually pursuing art history, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I started hearing the name of the university floating around like the art teachers and things like that and they told me that it might be a really good opportunity that you know um university of st andrews does have one of the highest like it is known for being one of the best universities for um art history and the like the field that i would like to pursue and so um that's how i kind of started to research a bit more about the university and yeah yeah, it, so- it sounds like it worked out very well, and it was a good fit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, but since it's, you know, like, international student kind of show, do you plan to study abroad during your time here? Um, yes, 100%. Ooh, where if, are you going to go? I mean, if the opportunity arises, because mm-hmm. it's very competitive in art history, actually. So it's like, mm. so I need to get my grades up and things like that. But yeah. um, I would love to study in Florence. <gasps> Oh, that would be so. So good. yeah, the University of Padua, I think. Okay. Um, I've always I've been to Florence before, and I l- fell in love with the city. It's beautiful, and it is probably every art student's dream to live and study there. Like you're living and breathing history and mm-hmm. art and culture, and it's just amazing. And yeah, so I would love to like study there. Fascinating. We actually, at my home university, there is an art history professor who does a project called Florence as it was. And um, it's like, it's a mix of humanities and like digital things. So he recreates 
like uh, the old city oh, wow. and like the art aspects, and he creates them like digitally. Oh yeah, wow. and it's like a whole walkthrough. Like I wish I knew more in detail about it, but my uh-huh. friend did research for it last summer. He was like translating it. And um, they have, like, a whole website about it. And it's very fascinating. So I'm sure you're going to have a great time. I'm, yeah, I, it, will, it would be my dream to go there and study, like, if the opportunity arises, then. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to do it. You have, <laughs> you have three more years. I'm sure you're going to do it. I, I feel very comforted by your support. Absolutely, yeah. And you sound really passionate about what you're studying. And I'm sure anyone who is around you can see that. And, yeah, you know. It's it, it's it's gonna come to you. Just luck. Absolutely, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and my traditional questions for like academic related section: What would you wish you knew about studying at St Andrews before coming here? Um, I would have liked to know a bit more about what actually living here would be like. Um, what do you mean by that? Um, I guess um. I came into St. Andrews, like, as an international student, not knowing much about Scotland Mm -hmm. very much. So for me, it took quite a while to kind of adjust to the different culture mm -hmm. and things like that. And, like, I guess this is kind kind of going away from, like, the academic part of it. But it's just, I would have liked to know a bit more about what I, what it would be like to actually live here. Mm -hmm. Um, Academically, I would say, um... I don't really think there's much um, that the I had to know before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't really think of anything. It's Fair. pretty straight, straightforward, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, I mean, I think the university is pretty good at sending out emails and just informations in general. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is so important to, like, research the place where you're going to be studying. And even if you do a lot of research, it's still never enough because Mm -hmm. you get here and you're like, oh, well, they did not put that on the website, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. And I'm sure you're going to get to Florence. And I know that you're going to do a lot of other great things during (laughs) your time in St. Andrews. And now we're going to talk about social life. But before that, we're going to take a quick break for another song to cheer everyone up for the weekend because we are getting there. It's Wednesday. We're almost there. Veronica with a K here again. Today I'm talking to Rina, an international student from Japan and Scotland. So far we've covered personal story, cultural background, IB program that she did in Japan, some academics at St. Andrews, and now we're moving on to the social life aspect, which is very exciting. From what I observed, your social life is really blooming here. (laughs) So I cannot wait to hear more about it. And um, how have you found it, making friends with people from such a different culture from yours and, like, from your previous experience? Um, so I would personally say um, I what I, I wasn't very nervous coming mm-hmm. here because um, having to move around a lot in my life, I've had to reintroduce myself to people multiple yeah. times. and. And I guess I kind of learned the nicks and knacks of what works and what doesn't when you're trying yeah. to make a first impression and things like that. So here I knew that it wasn't just me that was nervous coming mm-hmm. into as a first year or fresher, you know, like everyone's yeah. coming to a new environment, everyone's nervous, everyone's desperate to make new friends. So I realized that I what I needed to just do is, you know, be chill and just introduce myself to people that I find interesting. Yeah. 
And so far, that has worked. Like, everyone here is has been very welcoming, very nice, and very um, open to uh, be your friend, basically. Be um, engaging in conversations, just, like, you know, wanting to do things with you, wanting to hang out and things like that. So Absolutely, yeah. And you fit in with, with that culture because, like, we <laughs> met, like, what, like, five days ago? Yeah. And you were on the show already. And I was yeah. like... We met through <laughs> mutuals, which usually yeah. works in St. Andrews. That's how everything works here. So, Fair. yeah. Yeah. Um, but just speaking, how do you met most of your friends? Like, especially during the first semester? Okay, so first semester, most of my friends were through my flat. So, oh, okay. um, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people have this kind of experience with their flatmates, I guess. But, like, our flatmate, like, we somehow worked out in a way where we're really close with each other. We're almost like mm-hmm. a small family. Like, I've heard some nightmare stories about, yeah. you know, living in halls and things like that. But it just works, worked out in a way in which um, we all get along very well. And I guess... Um, Living in DRA, it's, like, very isolated anyway. Oh, yeah. So you just become more closer to people that you live with. So um, my friend group mostly was um, the first floor where I lived in, the second floor um, mm-hmm. flat, and then the third floor flat. And then we kind of became a whole group, and we, like, hang- hung out everywhere and things like that. That's so nice. Yeah. And then I started going out and going to different events, you know, um, and just going to lectures, and then I just started talking to more and more people, you know, just putting myself out there, and, um, you know, you just, I would say, like, uh, you meet the most interesting people on a night out, because oh, yeah. they are very, very unique and <laughs> peculiar people that you meet there, Definitely. you know, um, you have some very strange but interesting conversations as well, you know, yeah. um, that's how you meet strangers and just, you know, become friends. Absolutely. It's for the plot. Yeah. You know, definitely. I think we met like that. Yeah, we did. (laughs) We literally did. I think you were going to library. I was going out. And then we just kind of ran into each other. Which is a very weird situation because I'm typically going out too. So, you know, the stars aligned that day. Honestly, The stars aligned that day that I was thinking of my radio show. And I was like, oh my God, you're going to be a great guest. That's going to work out. Yeah, and speaking of um, activities and events, have you joined any societies here, like student clubs? Uh, again, as I said before, I was, I'm was i still trying to get mm-hmm. used to the extracurricular thing because I've never really been that kind of a person, but I'm yeah. really trying to put myself out there a bit more. I am in um, Korean society, cool. although I haven't been to a lot of their events. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, I get 10% off shawarma. Oh, okay. And kumbini, which is very nice. <laughs> so that has been very useful. But um, I'm also part of St. Art Journal. Mm-hmm. So I write for them, and I've oh. published some uh, photography works that I've done as well. Nice. So, yeah, I was hoping to um, apply to other, um, I guess, art history journals, but I kind of missed the deadline, so I couldn't do that. But um, You still have three years ahead of you. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you have it all under control. That's so lovely. Yeah, and I'm very sad that we're running out of time. So, like, my major question for the social life part, what are the differences that you noticed between, like, Japanese social life and um, Scottish social life? Um, I cannot answer that very well because I, my circle was very international school, and mm-hmm. we have, like, a very, very different culture. Fair. Social, like, I guess, circle than um, most Japanese people. 
Um, I would say it's pretty similar, except that um, we're we're both very tight knit. Um, mm-hmm. We know everyone, and that's very similar. I would say, um, yeah. One difference is that I feel like people here are a bit more open to making new friends and yeah. just like talking to more people. You know, being open minded and um, wanting to uh, just talk to as many people as you can on a night out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And once again, is gonna make the best stories out of there. Yeah, and um, just a quick question: How do you stay connected with family and friends back home with having like such an international lifestyle? Yeah. I usually just message or, like, FaceTime them. I haven't been home yet. Like, I mm-hmm. didn't go back home during winter break. So um, I just try to call them at least twice a week, nice. I guess. And yeah. um, just try to make the conversation as normal as possible, as if, like, I'm there, I guess. Like, just talking mm-hmm. about school, you know, what I'm up to and asking what they're doing and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's lovely. Well, Rina, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. It is an amazing and inspiring story, and I'm so excited once again for everything that you're going to do here at St. Andrews during your time. It's, it's going to be great. And if somehow you missed out on a part of Rina's story or want to re-listen, which is highly encouraged, all the episodes of Veronica with a K are available online on all major streaming platforms. Don't forget to follow at Veronica WK on Instagram to stay up to date with new episodes. And remember, no one will discover the world for you.